the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful for a lot, especially the show. I appreciate it as one of the things that financial media has made me do for the last 25 years is get up early every single day to read every single day, to study every single day, to research every single day. It's been very rewarding. Today is the day where you need a second monitor on your desk as the United States plays the World Cup soccer campaign. I, I do like the World Cup. It's interesting. It's such a big financial impact for the winner that they can avoid a worldwide recession because people are so happy when their country wins. United States men's team didn't qualify for the previous World Cup, so this is their first tournament in eight years. It's my kids' first real tournament. They've been playing soccer for the last eight years. Eight years ago, they didn't have really any processing skills. So it's a little bonding time. Year-to-date, the NASDAQ's down 28%. SP 500's down 16%. Dow Jones Industrial Average down 7%. Doesn't sound like we should be thankful for that, right? Except for if you're a new investor, you should be really thankful. If you have more than three years left in your investment horizon, you should be really thankful. I call them buying opportunities. Take them when you can get them. Things are on sale. But I'm also not naive enough to think that we're going back to the same old bear, uh, bull market. I think we're going to transition to more value for the next few years. I think value is going to beat growth. Um, short term, I'm going to probably be wrong on that. I think, though, in the next three to five years of earnings, value is going to be growth. The days of easy money, dirt cheap money, almost nothing for mortgage money. They're gone, and that means they're gone for you. They're gone for me, but they're also gone for corporations. It's going to be a short but stuffed week. Get it, get it, get it. Am I funny? No. The e-scooter rental company Bird is probably grateful that FTX implosion is stealing the spotlight from its own collapse. Last week, the company said it overstated revenue for more than two years and is warning it could go bankrupt if things don't turn around. Bird is currently a penny stock. It will be delisted from the NYSE. How much is bird down for the year? Bird, bird, the bird is the word. 96.6%. Making Bitcoin 64% collapse. Look pretty good. I know it's all. What is your perspective on this? How closely are you seeing things? And I get it. Trust me, I get it. Other things of note, Bob's going to replace Bob. Bob, you're fired. Bob, you're hired. Wait, wait, what's going on? Bob Chapek must be feeling as tossed aside as Woody in the first Toy Story. Oh, 
13 year old boy doesn't want to play with toy anymore. In this case, I told you last week that I almost apologized. I think I did apologize that I've liked Disney in the last five years because it's gone a big fat nowhere except for paying a dividend. And then it stopped paying its dividend during the uh, pandemic. I told you I still like the stock. I told you I still own the stock. So I was pleasantly surprised this weekend when what I was saying played out. Bob Chapik was like, oh, he doesn't seem to be communicating as a CEO as well as the previous guy, Bob Eisner. Did I say Eisner? I meant Iger. Eisner was the CEO before Iger. Eisner was good. Iger was better. So with the return of Bob Iger replacing Bob Chapik, I know this is a lot of Bobs in this story. Um, Wall Street's partying today on that news. Success or failure starts at the top. Best way I could explain that to you is look at a football team. The teams committed to winning typically have an owner who's like, I love football. I got a bazillion dollars. I'm going to spend it all on this team. Woo! So after leading the company for 15 years, Iger handed over the reins to Chapik in February of 2020. It was an unexpected choice. Given that streaming boss Kevin Mayer was seen as a more likely heir to Disney's throne than Chapik, but who led the parks and entertainment division, Chapik did. And then the streaming world became much more important than the parks world. Iger had reportedly handpicked Chapik as his successor and repeatedly said he was satisfied with being retired, saying he wasn't going to run for president. He wasn't going to come back to be CEO of Disney. Guess what? He's back as CEO of Disney. Never, ever trust a smiling CEO. It's pretty interesting. I was uh, showing this story to my wife. And um, I think my wife's a little turned on by Bob Iger. She's like, he's a good looking man. I'm like, he's worth a lot of money more than me. Should I be worried? She's like, he's a good looking man. Chaping never really hit his stride with COVID-19. He did not come out forcefully against Florida's so-called don't say gay law, which upset many of the employees. Disney also got into a high profile dust up with Scarlett Johansson over her compensation with Black Widow. That you kind of think that wouldn't have happened with another CEO. And Iger turned things around is the big question. During his original term as CEO, Disney reinvented itself by acquiring Marvel, Lucasfilm and Pixar. Disney's board hopes Iger will similarly write the ship during the two years he's slated to stay on. As Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to be company CEO, blah, 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 seat a press release. But he's providing stability. It's not unprecedented. Howard Schultz has come back to Starbucks two, three times. And he's recently returned as, guess what, interim CEO. Steve Jobs returned to Apple in 1997, so it's not unheard of. I would almost say it's a smart move in a volatile market. But again, my spouse was like, he's kind of good looking. <laughs> I'm so, how shall we say, happy. Americans plan to wager $1.8 billion in the first World Cup with widespread legal sports 
betting now standardized. An estimated 132 Americans now live in states where sports betting is legal, compared with just 10 million during the World Cup four years ago. 20 million Americans plan to bet a total of $1.8 billion on the soccer tournament kicking off this weekend. Here's where it gets kind of frustrating for me. I'm not a big gambler. I've been seen at a blackjack table for sure. I won't do slots. That just seems weird to me. I won't do roulette. That just seems weird to me. I won't do dice. That just seems weird to me. So I kind of try to stay in my lane of I can count to 21. I can play by the rules. One minute. But $1.8 billion is a lot of money. It's interesting to note that a lot of it's being done legally. Legal gambling means you may not find yourself in trouble with law for wagering on the World Cup. But it also means it may be easier for betters to slip into dangerous habits. That's the one thing that, you know, I think, didn't we learn about Robinhood that it's really easy to gamify buying and selling stocks to the point they're like, oh, I've got no money left. I kept on trying to be a day trader. I'm not a day trader. Rob Black says the day traders don't really exist, that they're, they're like fairies and vampires, mythical creatures. No, they exist, but they work on Wall Street. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I try to look at the markets for you so you don't have to. Keep in mind, I don't. I've been looking at some of the daily numbers today, and I can't tell you if the market's up or down. So I'm not looking like you're looking. Um, Bitcoin today, 16,200. My thoughts on Bitcoin at the current are watch out, continue, still watch out. Yes, I think a lot of speculation's out. But the FTX contagion is still very much so alive and real. Where you're getting Grayscale, who's the largest holder of Bitcoin, saying, you know, we're not going to show proof of reserves because we don't feel that's a secure way of communicating that we're safe. Wait, wait, what? So if I had money with Grayscale right now, it's gone. It's out. I'm not waiting to see what do you mean you're not going to show proof. That's very, very problematic in my mind. Grayscale, the asset manager running the world's largest Bitcoin fund, said in a statement that it won't be sharing its proof of reserves with the customers due to security concerns. We do not make such on-chain wallet information, confirmation data publicly available. Um, I'm out. Blindly giving trade. One of the things I like about the stock market, the publicly traded stock market, is the public disclosures. It's that corporations, if they lie, they're lying on a public record. And they could face jail time and fines. There's a little bit when you hear Apple has got $200 billion in cash, there's a little bit of like, we could prove that. You're like, okay, makes you feel a little bit better. So I don't like the largest guy out there is saying we're, we're not going to share proof. <laughs> there could be more. Oh, Bitcoin's down 72% over the last 12 months. Grayscale's Bitcoin trust has a ticker symbol. GPTC has recorded an 82% loss. 
That spread reflects a significant disparity between the value of the trust sole holding and the open market price for the shares of a trust. I'm not saying anything's wrong with Grayscale, but I'm shooting first, asking questions later. It's my money. If I had money with them and I do not have money with them. Peter Schiff predicted the 2008 financial crisis says he sees the total destruction of digital currencies very soon. He's one of those smart guys. He's the chief strategist at Euro Pacific Capital. He doesn't think a crypto winter is coming. He thinks a crypto extinction is coming. Okay. You have my attention, sir. Last year, when Bitcoin hit 50,000 and the upward momentum seemed unstoppable, he said, while a temporary move up to 100,000 is possible, a permanent move down to zero is inevitable. This guy doesn't like Bitcoin. Now, what does he like? I think it's one thing to be gloom and doom, but at least tell us what you do like. If you're just grumpy for being grumpy, I get it. He likes gold. He thinks gold will store its value and you'll always be able to buy more food with your gold. He owns Barrick Gold, a gold mining company. Agnesio Eagle Mines, ticker symbol on Barrick Gold is gold, G-O-L-D. And ticker symbol on Agnico Eagle Mines is A-E-M. He says gold can't be printed out of thin air like fiat money can. And its safe haven status means demand typically increases during times of uncertainty. If gold prices go up, miners like Newmont, Barrick, and Agnico will likely enjoy bigger profits. Okay, so we know he likes something, right? What else does he like? Peter Schiff likes recession-proof income stocks like American tobacco, British American Tobacco, ticker symbol BTI. Interesting. He thinks dividend stocks offer investors a great way to earn passive income. But some can also be used as hedge against recessions. He likes British American Tobacco, who pays a 5.3% dividend. They make Kent and Dunhill cigarettes, pay quarterly dividends. He likes Philip Morris, another tobacco king with a dividend yield of 5.4%. Now, we know these sticks cause cancer. We know largely that they've been caught selling cancer sticks. They've been shamed by state and federal governments around the world. Governments, you have to pay for what you did to our society. But the demand for cigarettes is highly inelastic, meaning large price changes only induce small changes in demand. And that demand is largely immune to economic shocks. So he says, if you're interested in investing in sin stocks, if you can get over the fact they make little cancer sticks, he likes British American tobacco and Philip Morris. That's up to you. My dad died of cancer, and I've owned Philip Morris in the past. Am I an evil person? Nope. When I step off this planet, I'm giving a lot of money to charity and in my lifetime. And it can go to cancer survivors. It can go to cancer research. One minute. He also likes Peter Schiff likes agriculture stocks. He hates Bitcoin, but he likes agriculture. There's one recession-proof sector that should be overlooked, food. He likes a company called Nutrien, 
Ticker symbol NTR. They're a fertilizer company. I'm with them on that. There's a company called Bungie, B-U-N-G-E. They make soybeans. This planet can't live without soybeans. It can't live without fertilizer. So I kind of like where he's going is like things that won't implode on you. Things that won't ever go away. Just something to think about. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So let's do some fast facts. President Joe Biden blew out his birthday cake on Sunday. Let's just say it looked like a flamethrower. 80 candles. He has become the first octogenarian, i.e. eight decades, to occupy the White House, working instead of playing bingo. Do you remember when you were young and you're like, yeah, my grandfather has an electric scooter and plays bingo in Florida. He gets the early bird special dinners. Well, that's changed. Back in 1980, just 2.5% of the 80-plus U.S. population were in the workforce. By 2019, that number is up to 6%. I think it is a very cool thing if you can work as long as you can work. Hopefully, somewhere around 60, 65, you don't need to work. But if you can still continue to work at Home Depot or volunteering, I don't think it has to be for a paycheck. It just has to be for a reason to get up in the morning and get dressed and be social. I don't want to have to work at 80 to pay the bills. The e-scooter company known as Bird. Listen to this. They overstated revenue for more than two years. They're warning they could go bankrupt if it doesn't turn around. It's a penny stock. Bird is down 96% for the year. That's terrible. Um, and do you remember seeing your first Lime scooter or Bird scooter? Or didn't Ford have one out there too? And you're like, what's up with like all these scooters being left on the sidewalks? Those things aren't cheap, just so you know. My spouse has a fun streak, which I don't have. And my children love her fun streak that I don't have, according to her. So she'll get on one of the scooters in a, a city if we're in San Jose, go to a Sharks game or something. She'll get on one and go three blocks. I'm like, you know, that was $40 for the two of you. She's like, it was. Oh, my God. I'm like, don't do that again. That's too expensive. Use your legs. Bird reported they missed second quarter revenue estimates slightly. It had a net loss of $310 million on revenue of $76 million. It said that its total number of rides doubled over the year ago period, but its average fare and number of rides per vehicle dropped. I'm just going to stick with the, the revenue line and the loss line. Revenue of $76 million, loss of $310 million. You have to say no on that one. Bird went public in 2021 on a SPAC deal. 2020 and 2021 in particular, we learned SPACs are kind of stupid. Um, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic 
publicly traded company because a company with a blank check bought them. And that company with a blank check, all they had was a blank check. Nothing really in place that can help. If you remember, Virgin Galactic hit a high of $46 when James T. Kirk and Jeff Bezos and um, Elon Musk and SpaceX and everyone was competing to get into space. Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, $46. Now it's a $5 stock. SPACs are a way around not going through the banking process, the investment banking process, where you kind of get vetted, where other people take a look at your business and say, I think you're worth this, and we're going to give you some money on that, but you're going to need to make these changes. SPACs are just like, we'll take you as you are. Trump has a SPAC linked to him and social networks, the Truth Social Network. And that SPAC is fighting for its life right now after Elon Musk said Twitter welcomes back President Trump with open arms. I want to sing dirty for you. So now I come to you with open arms. I don't like SPACs. I just feel that the process isn't respected of getting some, how shall we say, discipline into your business model. So I'm sticking with that story. Anything we want to talk about, we could talk about. We do have a holiday this week. And then Friday, we have a half day trading. There's plenty to talk about this week. A bunch of earnings reports. And you also get Fed meeting notes. What else do we have to hit on today, in my opinion? We've hit on Disney pretty well, so I won't go down that road again. Um, hackers are starting to launder part of that $477 million stolen from crypto exchange FTX. Again, an area that I want to be very clear about is there's too many people who are too bullish on something that has no proof or utility. That bothers me. Remember how I told you I tried to get a an influencer on the show when crypto was at 40, 50, 60? I was like, what am I missing? And she basically said no, because basically she runs an Instagram page where she she's bullish on crypto and she's trying to show you how, how smart she is. So and she instant messages people on Instagram and she instant messages me and she goes, how you doing? And it's just her way of she probably says, how you doing to like 60 people? Knowing that you're following her on Instagram, knowing that she's in, uh, she's selling a software. It's a- she's sell- it's a trap. She goes, how you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going to jump on this one. So last week, I'm like, more importantly, how are you doing now that Bitcoin's down 65 plus percent? You feeling good about the advice you told mom and pops and, and high school kids and teenagers and to get into crypto? Um, and she goes, crypto's going higher. I'm like, okay, if that's all you got, thank you. She banned me from her Instagram page. And that's the sign, like, it's going lower. When your tolerance for free speech is that small, hmm, what are you you trying to cover up? Now, keep in mind, I kicked a guy out of a seminar because he said he liked Susie Orman, so I've, I've got some issues, too. 
and he's banned forever, which is the best part. The only person banned forever from seminars, one guy. Just didn't like that. Showing up without a confirmation when I said it sold out. Oh, and for the record, it was sold out. And thank everyone who came. That was a lot of fun. I'm not going to say it was emotional, but it was pretty close to emotional. One minute. Doing a live event in front of 140 people for the first time in two years. I am very grateful to get back to that kind of shtick. Um, how many Americans are going to retire with a million dollars? Isn't it funny? A million dollars is still that big round number. And it's funny because like Survivor's been on for 20 years and they're still giving away a million dollar prize where it should be $3 million now if you factor in inflation. Um, the average retiree age 65 to 74 has 426,000 saved. The average American 75 or older has 357,000. I'm not feeling like people are thriving right now. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So one of my favorite quotes of all time in a movie, which is pretty funny, I'm about to say this out loud, comes from Animal House. When I was 10, this movie was like a legendary, there's going to be a nude girl in it. Woo! 10-year-old boy's like, woo! Maybe I was 12, maybe I was 14. Um, it's funny. There's a food fight in it. There's a prank with a horse in it. It was considered to be the greatest comedy of all time. I wonder if that is still true. I don't know. But the greatest quote from this movie was, Over? Nothing is over until we say it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no, and it isn't over now. And someone goes, Germans? I like that. I think it's a fantastic pull quote for radio shows. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Milton Berle once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Albert Einstein said once, if you can't explain it simply, you can't understand it well enough. I agree with that one. Aesop, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. Sweet. I agree with that. Warren Buffett once said, someone sitting in shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago, teaching us the value of investing. Mark Twain, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. That's a good one. But let's go back to nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. And it ain't over now. Where am I going at with this one, huh? The head of Twitter France says it's over. Twitter's head of France announced its departure in a tweet on Sunday ahead of what maybe additional layoffs in the embattled platform. Damien Veal, who confirmed his departure, has led the region for about seven years. A number of workers at the Paris office, which had fewer than 50 employees before billionaire Elon Musk took over, are focused on advertiser relationships. Musk is driving that company to zero. It's amazing the, the incredible ineptitude of Elon Musk on this one. Unless he has like this rabbit that we don't know about and that we didn't realize we're watching a magic trick. It seems that he's in over his head. 
He may know electric cars. He may know boring technologies. He may know how to get us to Mars. He don't know social media. Bo does. Bo Jackson. Bring in Bo Jackson as CEO. But VL, head of France, we're French. (laughs) He declined to comment on the circumstance of his departure. But his quote was, it's over, pride, honor, and mission accomplished. Wow. Is Twitter really going to go that obnoxiously gone? I've stopped looking at it only because I feel like I warn my kids that like what you're seeing on Twitch and what you're seeing on Instagram and what you're seeing on TikTok, you got to be really careful. The narrator isn't reliable. And I think the narration now of Twitter is just odd. So John Belushi would say, yeah, it's over. The Germans did bomb Pearl Harbor. Companies have paused advertising on the platform, including General Motors, Volkswagen, Pfizer, General Mills. Um, they need those guys. Twitter wasn't consistently losing money. Now they are. What was his ultimate goal? Was it to lose $40 billion? You know, it's interesting right now. You know who, who might be lining up to buy Twitter from Elon Musk, take his problems off his hands for a fraction of the price. There's rumors that Apple and Microsoft easily could do it now. And Microsoft has done something very similar when they bought LinkedIn. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on that one. I will say that two weeks ago, I told you that when the CEO of Disney gets fired and he will get fired, that stock will go higher and the CEO of Disney did get fired. So I'm not in the business of predictions. I see death in your family. I shouldn't have said that. It's Thanksgiving. I see a stomach ache in your future. I'm not in the business of predictions, but sometimes it's pretty obvious, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I want everyone to have a great week. I want everyone to enjoy the holidays. That's my goal. That's my wish. That's my want. Disney is surging today on news of their CEO being fired and the old ones coming back, which I'm good with because he has a track record of success. So the only real winner I see out there today, kind of Disney. Mega cap stocks like Tesla, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Microsoft are being tipped lower. Atlantic Fed President Bostic, who is a 2024 voter for the Fed, did what he could to make an equity market feel a little bit better. He said he is in favor of small rate hikes now and sees a terminal rate of 4.75 to 5% as a possibility, which means we're really close. Now, again, the market's saying we're down 20%, 25% for the year because in six months from now, we think the economy is going to be struggling, i.e. recession. I think right now the market's saying it's going to be a small one. We'd be down 40% if we think there's going to be a big recession. I'm going to be honest with you. One minute. I'm really happy that I'm investing every two weeks in the stock market. I like dollar cost averaging when things are lower. I'm really happy and thankful that I've got three years of emergency money. Just in case I need it. I got six months of emergency money and three years of income starting to build. 
Um, but with my dividends right now, I'm setting them aside so I can potentially buy property in 12 to 18 months if the housing market gets messy. And if not, put it back in the stock market. But that's my short-term money, so it's not in the stock market. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. As a reminder, the stock market's closed on Thursdays for Thanksgiving and opening again on Friday, but a very, very half day of trading. Thank you so much. Find me online at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.